Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. It's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And today I have with us Stacy West of Sugar Pimento Cheeses from Marietta, Georgia. How are you doing today, Stacy? I'm good. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey to owning your own, basically, pimento cheese food business. Well, the journey, so I actually, I never thought that I would be doing pimento cheeses. I've always wanted to be a chef. Um, even growing up, I've always been interested in cooking. Um, I went to nursing school, came out, uh, applied to uh, restaurant schools. I lived in Philadelphia at the time, so I applied to uh, the restaurant school in Philadelphia. But the cost of the tuition was too high. So I just kept working, and then I got married had kids, applied again, still couldn't afford the tuition. Um, so things went on. Um, finally, we moved to a, uh, New Jersey, um, went, started at Mercer County, took, taking some culinary classes. Then I moved to Hudson County. We started, I started going to uh, culinary classes at Hudson County Community College. And then we moved down here to Georgia. So to continue my education, I enrolled at La Cordon Bleu in Tucker, Georgia, and that's where I graduated from. I became a chef at the age of mm, over 50, um, but I never gave up my dream of wanting to be a chef. Um, so after that, and after I did my internship, we were able to do a Sunday brunch um, at a local restaurant in our area that was closed on Sunday. When we did the brunch, we were serving a pimento cheese uh, grits, and it took off. People loved it. From there, we went on to do our first farmer's market in Powder Springs. And after that, we went to Marietta, and we've been moving out into other markets since that time period. Well, and I love the I love sort of the the background in in being a chef and, and the training and things like that. So I mean, I mean, I really want to dive into it because you you I'm sure you tried a lot of different things, but the pimento cheese is just the thing that stuck. So yes. I mean, tell me about what steps it took. I mean, so you have this pimento cheese grits. You're like, this thing's awesome. People are loving it. I mean, what what were the next steps and how? did you get to a point where you've now launched this to be a consumer product? Because it was the demand. People loved it. I mean, yes, people eat cheese and cheese grits, but we were like, okay, let's do something different. We're in the South. Pimento cheese is the caviar of the South. So we're like, let's give the South what they love, pimento cheese and grits. So we started out with the original, um, and then I had a neighbor who's like, you know what, I really like something a little bit more spicy. So I said, okay, we'll do the jalapeno, but I didn't want it to be overly spicy. So one thing I came up with, I'll take the seeds out. I'll give people the flavor of the jalapeno, but not so much the heat. Um, And then those two flavors took off. When we stopped doing the brunch, we then moved on to um, a farmer's market in our area. And it just took off from there. And then one flavor led to the next flavor, led to the next flavor, and the varieties continue. Well, and I'm looking at your website now, and just the different varieties of the pimento cheese are amazing. So can we talk about those a little bit? I really love to just sort of dive in. I mean, one, I want you to just tell people, um, and everyone who's listening in, uh, you can find it on uh com. that's s u g a s f o o d dot com and um so basically sugar uh foods dot com and i I just want people to look at it because I love what you're doing here in the descriptions, but i wanna stacy I want you sorta of to describe it and tell us about the different recipes and sort of how you came up with them and why. Okay. Well, I just want to say my husband is a designer of that website, so I, I, you know, he's awesome behind the scenes doing all of the all of the um, accounting and all of the um, website stuff. He does that, so he he did the website. But how it got started, 
uh, with the different flavors was we started with the original, and then, of course, we progressed to the jalapeno. And then it was like, okay, you know, my mind is always busy with food. I'm always thinking of what can I do? What can I do? So I'm like, okay, let's do one with bacon. Everybody loves bacon. Let's do one with bacon. And then you think a balance. What pairs well with, with bacon? And we're like, okay, let's do an Asiago and let's put the jalapenos in it. And that's when we came up with our bacon um, Asiago jalapeno pimento cheese, which people loved. We then moved on to our roasted poblano. We roast our poblanos. We, we get fresh poblanos. We roast them. Um, we process them. And we were like, okay, what can go well with roasted poblanos? We're like, okay, let's pair some Monterey cheese with that. Then we came up with the roasted poblano and Monterey. And then from there, we just kept going. We came to a Cajun, which we don't do our Cajun right now because the Cajun one kind of hit up against our Serrano and Pepper Jack. So we just now, only for the spicy one, we have the Serrano and Pepper Jack, which we use fresh Serrano peppers and Pepper Jack cheese. But our top king of the hill pimento cheese is our smoked Gouda um, pimento cheese. And the smoked Gouda pimento cheese uh, was a finalist in the flavor of Georgia. So we were so excited um, to be a finalist. And smoked Gouda has been king from our standpoint as far as us selling it. It's been our number one seller is our smoked Gouda. Well, and I absolutely loved it. And pimento cheese, it's funny because I spent most of my life in Maryland and in New York City and then now in Colorado. And so we have, the, my understanding of pimento cheese until I started spending time in Georgia was a misunderstanding. It wasn't nearly as good as what you guys do down there in Georgia and the, the Southeast United States. And obviously being a judge at the Flavor of Georgia over the last four years, I've gotten to taste quite a bit of pimento cheese. And I absolutely love what you did with the smoked Gouda and the flavor that that it brought to my palate and a huge <laughs> fan of cheese, but though the uniqueness of a pimento cheese is so amazing. And um, just so the audience knows, and, and those may have listened to a different episode with pimento cheese in it, but could you explain exactly what pimento cheese is? Well, pimentos are the um, sweet red pepper that's in the pit of an olive. People usually know it when they see a, a pitted uh, a olive with pimento. That pimento is that sweet red pepper. Pimento cheese, well, p yes, pimento cheese started in the north. It started in New York. And the base of the pimento cheese in New York was cream cheese. It was cream cheese, and it was the imported uh, pimento peppers that they imported from Peru. So that was the basis. A canning company opened up in Griffin, Georgia, and they uh, were canning the uh, pimentos. So when the pimento canning company opened up here in Griffin, Georgia, the South, of course, just took it over with their version, and their version became mixed with um, the cheddars, the Velveetas the other different cheeses, and it became, it was in schools, it was in church functions, it was in every household. Pimento cheese just became something that everybody ate. And that's why it became something that people started to call the caviar of the South. I mean, it's, such a, it's really an amazing product. I mean, I've seen people put it on, I mean, it's offered on burgers, it's offered on steaks, it's offered depending on the restaurants you go to throughout the southeast, particularly Georgia. People have really taken it to a new level, and it's basically what yeah. you've done with your products. And I think it's so cool that there's entrepreneurs like you out there, you know, bringing pimento cheese to the world, because I don't think enough people the United States in particular, but the whole world that understands how amazing pimento cheese is the, the way you guys do it in the Southeast United States and particularly your pimento cheeses and their varieties. I think that it's just such an amazing thing that people should try. I mean, people eat it. I mean, I've watched people um, take your pimento cheeses, including Deborah and I, 
and get them and eat the whole thing in one sitting because we can't stop. Like it's that good. And if there's anything that that's good, I mean, it's like literally like, you know, I say ice cream sweet and I could eat the whole thing of ice cream, but it's like the equivalent of salty. Like I could eat the whole thing each. And now, you know, Deborah and I are like, Oh, do we each get our own? Because we eat the whole thing and it's that good. And but I just, I mean, I really think it's its so amazing. So I really love what you're doing, and, and I love how you do it. And so, I mean, what year did you start doing this? We started doing it in 2017. Okay. Um, so when we started, it, of course, it was just something I had just finished doing, a, a externship. I graduated from culinary school. We had the opportunity to do this brunch at a local restaurant, came up with our southern menu, which includes the pimento cheese and grits, and that started actually in May. Um, the brunch ended probably in June, maybe like the second or third week in June, and then we went into Powder Springs Farmer's Market, and then from there, we went right into Marietta. And it just kept moving from there. And the, we were just selling out, and customers were loving it. And and when we see people's faces and we, we hear people's stories about, oh, this is the best fermented cheese we've, I've ever tasted, or this reminds me of my grandmother's fermented cheese, those kind of stories just keep you shooting for the fermented cheese because you want people to know how good it is. You want people to know that it's not just something that you can spread on a cracker, although it's delicious like that. Pimento cheese, can, you can do so much with pimento cheese. I even do a scallop potato pimento cheese. Um, we could do a quiche, put it in Popeye's. I stuff it in a chicken breast or a chicken thigh with some sauteed spinach. I do a tomato and pimento cheese toast. So for me, the list of what I do with pimento cheese and what I want people to do with pimento cheese it's kind of endless. I, and I actually love that. I mean, there is, we, I said a little bit about the burger on a steak, but like what you said, it can go in chicken and can be, um, it can be stuffed in chicken and you can add in spinach and things like that. And I've actually seen some people make, <clears throat> excuse me, like a pasta out of it, like almost like a mac and cheese, but with pimento yes. cheese. Yes. And things like that. And I mean, so it's just in sandwiches, obviously, ham and pimento cheese or, or any there variation of a sandwich is pretty neat. So, I mean, there's obviously a passion about this. I mean, do you still do your other culinary things and brunches and things like that? Or has this become your main focus? The pimento cheeses are our main focus. I mean, of course, when I initially started off, I wanted to be a caterer. I wanted to do other things. But... This kind of has become our main focus, and we love it. And we just continue to keep coming up with um, more and more varieties because we, uh, we want people to know how good it is and what you can do with it and the flavor of it. When people try it, it's just absolutely amazing when people try it. And you see when they're tasting it, sometimes their eyes light up, their smiles pop up on their faces. It becomes so animated how people love the flavor and the taste of sugar pimento cheeses. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's one of those things that people are shocked that something. I mean, because if you haven't had pimento cheese before, or you even if you've had had pimento cheese, the flavor profile that you guys produce in your cheese is just so unique, and there's such a variation in the different flavors that I. I love that as well, and I think the one with the bacon is just such a great idea because I've also seen a lot of pimento BLTs, and um, and so there's a lot of things like that that are just so popular. Oh, geez, you know, the other tradition from the South, which is, in my opinion, the fried green tomatoes topped with the pimento cheese oh, and, yeah. and then in a sandwich also, and it's just to die for, and so it's just so amazing, so... I just think it's so cool. So one of the questions that I have is, I mean, how did you get your nickname? I mean, it's the name of your business. It's the name of your cheeses. So tell us a little bit about how you got that nickname, because I, um, it's part of your story. 
Yeah, because I didn't want to. Um, um, my husband's daughter was um, getting ready to have our first grandbaby, and I, we were coming up with names because I didn't want to be called Grandma. I'm like, okay, no, I don't want to be in a supermarket, and the, uh, my grandbaby says, Grandma, Grandma, no, no. I wanted something cute and something sweet. Um, of course, I came up with names that just didn't work. And then she came up with a name. She said, well, why don't they, why don't, why doesn't she call you Sugar? And I'm like, okay, yeah, Sugar is a sweet name. I don't mind being called Sugar in the supermarket. Sounds sweet. So that's how we came up with it. And then when I went to culinary school and I graduated and we started doing um, the brunch, I started being called Chef Sugar. That just stuck. It's just one of those things. And then it's such a nickname and getting a nickname later in life, I think it's just so interesting when it happens um, because it actually happens more than we think it does. People get nicknames later in their life. And I love it. And I love that it's stuck so much and that you love it so much. You actually named your business after it. Um, And your, your grandchildren or step-grandchildren, I guess, I mean, do they appreciate that you've named the pimento cheese after that whole episode? Uh, they're kind of young right now. So, so I, I think as they get older, they'll appreciate um, the name and how it came about. But our first granddaughter, Maya, she if you ask her, she said, what business are you in? She'll tell you. She says, I'm in the cheese business. <laughs> and she's been saying that since she was a little little kid. I mean, she's six now, but she's been saying that for a couple of years in the cheese business yeah i totally believe that um and i love how kids grab onto it i mean and i mean do you have entrepreneurs in your family or or do you come from an entrepreneurial family or this is something that you guys have sort of ventured in on uh, on your own no i just come from a family that um entrepreneurs but i've always had that in me um starting out uh being a, a paper girl having my own paper route, um, moving into starting a company, a gift company um, that I named after my my two sons, Thomas and Niall, which is TNN Gift. And that was uh, maybe I I was in business maybe about a year. Um, After that, it was just something that I knew was inside of me. I wanted to do something of my own. I didn't know at the time it would be pimento cheese, but I knew it would be something that would be my own. Yeah, and I, pimento cheese is. Yeah, I think that's um, one of those things that as an entrepreneur that people that don't have that voice inside of them telling them to do it, that it's hard for them to understand because I don't know, I never know how to describe it myself. It's Sometimes I'm like, it's God telling me to do it. Sometimes I'm like, no, I feel it that I need to do this. And Uh it's this weird thing. And if you don't like sort of satisfy it, it becomes this like echoing thing throughout your head and your body, your heart, your soul, whatever. And it'll move between them. Sometimes it's more passionate in the heart. And sometimes it's more like, I feel like I need to do this. Like it's something that I'm being told to do. And I feel that as an entrepreneur, it does encompass all those things. One, I mean, you're out there, you're creating business, right? You're, you're moving money, you're eventually you create jobs as an entrepreneur, you, you go out to markets that create jobs, you go out and sell your product in stores, which helps them create jobs. And, you know, so you're giving to people in that way as an entrepreneur, but you're also giving to the world something of yourself and leading in a way. So I think it's just really cool. And I love that you said that because there is that feeling inside, you know, and it's, yes. if you don't ever jump into it, it's, it sort of aches at you and you're like, I need to do this. And yep. at some point, you know, it's just, you know, it's five, four, three, two, one jump because it, otherwise you're going to get old in life and, and really old and look back and say, I, this thing's still here. Why didn't I do it? And I've heard those stories as well. So, yes. You know, as one of the people in my life and mentors I've had in my life tell me that they waited till they were almost 70 years old before they were an entrepreneur, even though it was inside of them their whole life. So while I was young, go do it because it's not going to go away if I feel that way. And it's pretty cool that um, 
that you're doing it and that it is inside of you and that it is something that you're passionate about. And so one of the cool things that being about an entrepreneur, and I sort of want to segue into this, is you've got to now go build your business. So you've built the pimento cheeses. You've got all these flavors. How do you go out and market and sell your brand and get people to try it and and basically introduce it to the world? Well, we do. Uh, you know, we're in the markets. We do travel with the cheeses, uh, with the vintage market days, and with doing festivals, which is uh, another avenue of us getting the sugars pimento cheeses out um, for people to try. And when we go to the different areas and people or different events and people try it, um, they love it. We've gone to South Carolina, North Carolina. We've gone to Georgia, I mean, um, Florida. We have gone to Louisiana. We have been traveling with the cheeses. And wherever we go, we get online orders. Um, we get, we meet people who, uh, oh, you have to get the cheese here in this area, or you know, we get business through through the events that we go to, and that's how our cheeses really get out. Is because we get events, and people taste the cheeses and they love it, and it winds up in stores in different areas. And we just want it to be in every household. We want everyone to be able to love and enjoy sugar fermented cheeses because. It is the best fermented cheese that you've ever tasted. And I assume you're still like, I mean, how are you producing it now? Or, or is it something, or do you go to a shared kitchen? Are you in your home? Do you have your own place that you produce it? I mean, tell us a well, little bit it about is, that. It is produced out of uh, a shared kitchen um, in Marietta, a crazy good community kitchen. So we're there. Um and that's, you know, that's where it has to be done. I mean, and that's because of food safety and all that? Is that is that why? Yes, 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 because of the food safety. And so had you worked out of there before when you were catering and it was an easy step just to bring the cheeses in? Or when you're like, I got to produce this cheese, you went out and found the shared kitchen? Yes. When, I, when we started to do the cheeses, I realized we had to... Um, have a commercial kitchen. And that's when we found um, Crazy Good Community Kitchen in Marietta. And I, I think that it's such an important part that people understand that if you want to do it right and you want to make sure your food's safe and, and things like that, that you do take those steps as an entrepreneur and obviously also get the training necessary in food safety. Uh, it's not like just jump into food and, and you get it. There's so many weird things that you don't even think about food safety wise that need to be done that are so important to, to any business. Um, you know, the way we produce things that we wouldn't normally do at home that in order to do it for consumers and the public, we need to follow those steps. So, yeah. um, so you mentioned your husband and I love the website. So great job there. I, but you know, you guys obviously work together and, and are doing this business together. So, I mean, how has that changed your relationship and with each other, and and how do you manage that with also trying to make sure you have quality time, not just business time? Well, that's difficult. I mean, we start when we started this business. I guess over it's almost going on two and a half years. Uh, we have not had a vacation. The the sugar pimento cheese has been something that we've been doing constantly. So it is hard. It is difficult, um, and it and it takes you to the edge because there's always stuff that you have to do because you don't have a whole um, office full of people to work for you. You do everything. You do the markets. You do the production. You do the labeling. You do the um, the, the um, online. Everything that entails that business is done by you guys, by me and my husband. I mean, now we have um, uh, social media and we have production, but still, it's still a very small business right now. And we want it to grow. We want to take it to 
the next level and get more staffing, get another, get a, a building, um, get a food truck. We want to branch out, and hopefully we'll get to that to that level, but it does stress every area of who you are. Yep. You know, you, you don't get that quality time because it's always about business. It's always about Jesus. Well, and I love the food truck idea, and you sort of just touched on another question is, I mean, where does the future go for you guys? I mean, what are your hopes and dreams for your product and, and your future as a business? Well, we want the, we want Sugar's Pimented Cheeses to be known in every state because we get people who come to our markets, who come to our events um, from other areas because they might be visiting a, a family or just um, just being a tourist, and they try our Pimented Cheeses, and they're in love with it. People from California, Arizona, I mean, you name it, people from international countries come over and they try our product and they, this is awesome. So we want our cheeses to be out there for people to enjoy. We want people to be able to readily go to a store and and pick up sugar fermented cheeses. And you mentioned the food truck. I mean, I love the idea, actually. And I love the idea of putting pimento cheese in a food truck in and of itself. I haven't heard of one yet or seen one. But, I mean, there's so many different options. Like we talked about earlier, whether it's stuffing chicken or pimento BLTs or green fried green tomato sandwiches with pimento cheese, all of that type of stuff, burgers, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I really love that concept, actually. Yeah, nachos. We even melt it down. You can melt it down in a crock pot, add a little milk, turn it into a sauce, put it over your nachos. <laughs> that, I'm going to have to try that, actually. I think I just drooled. And uh, <laughs> that sounds incredible, the whole then melting it slowly in a crock pot, a little bit of milk. Yes. We're going to have to try yes. that here. And, I mean, so that's just such a cool concept. And... I love the whole thing and the way you want to tie it together, and I agree with you. I think there's national appeal for what you guys are doing with your pimento cheese, particularly since, in my opinion, there's some pimento cheeses out there that have gone national like we have here out in Colorado that are not good compared to what you're doing and and some of the other people in Georgia are doing with pimento cheeses that are actually real pimento cheeses and represent this unique artisan truly creative style of doing it that's true to the south and i really like that and i wish there was more people out there demanding a higher standard for pimento cheese because i think we're what we're putting out there now is just so subpar compared to what you guys are doing so thank you um you're very welcome and so i mean what are some of your favorite things now that you're doing with growing a business and being an entrepreneur when you say that, what do you what do you mean? Uh, some of my favorites. I mean, what are the things on a daily basis that you really enjoy about your business? I really enjoy, um, I guess, the creative part of it. Um, coming up with what will be the next variety—that's exciting to me. Um, I enjoy my customers. I love meeting my customers at the market. Um, I love the production part of it. So, I, I mean, I guess for me, every aspect of it is, is what I love, except for the shopping part, you know, getting the product stuff together. Eh, not so much, but getting out there with the customers, um, coming up with the different varieties, uh, I love those parts. I mean... On the shopping part, you said you didn't like, which I was going to ask you whether there's some, th- some things you don't like, but I sort of want to dive into it. I mean, you have very specific products that you need to make your pimento cheeses the way that you want them and to have the flavor profile that you want. Do you have difficulty sometimes finding and procuring those things? Um, sometimes we do. Um and you know, so we have to, you know, keep looking. We get some, uh, we get our stuff, our peppers fresh. Um, we don't use any frozen stuff. All of our peppers are fresh. Uh, all of our cheeses are one hundred percent cheese. Um, 
are pimentos. Uh, sometimes we have problems finding the pimentos because sometimes there's a shortage, and you're like, oh, my goodness, so you got to scramble around. But um, we get things done, and we make sure we have what we need. And, I mean, you mentioned pimentos uh, having a shortage. Are I guess, do pimentos grow in the South? I mean, I guess, I don't even actually understand. I should know this. I've been in the food business my whole life, but I'm not quite sure exactly what a pimento is. Uh, pimento is just is a, sweet, um, it's a sweet pepper. It originally was a pepper that was grown in Peru. Uh, but the pimento-type pep- peppers are now, you can grow them easily, you know, in, in, in any area. Um. But so we get our our pimentos are already the diced pimentos because we go through cases and cases of pimentos, um, and sometimes there is you know other people buying pimentos too. So you you just got to be able to to get them when you need them. I mean, I have to imagine. Well, and so the thing that I deal we deal with a lot of the hatch uh, chili peppers out of you know, the Southwest United States for some of the, some of our customers that do salsas and queso dips. And, okay. and so I got to imagine it's the same thing. Like sometimes you need to like, there's times where there's a huge demand for hatch chilies, but there's only so many made. So you're running around scrambling, trying to find it because the demand goes up or there's a bad season and there's not enough supply. Is that sort of what happens with the pimentos then as well? Yes. Yes, sometimes it does happen. Sometimes you'll go to the um, restaurant store and somebody's just brought all the piment, all 10, 12 cases. And you're like, okay. So you're calling around and you're running around to different areas trying to get what you need. I just, I'm like, oh man, like, what do you do? Because it's pimento cheese. You've got to have the pimentos. <laughs> i got to have the pimentos. <laughs> So, I mean, that's an interesting thing. So, I mean, it's more, there's more to it than just trying to find it based on how much you're producing. There's a, in batch sizes and all that, which is one thing, but then you're trying to make sure that you actually have the right pimentos to give you the right flavor profile. And sometimes you're running around trying to find it. Yes. And sometimes you are. Sometimes you are. Sometimes you're calling all different places trying to get what you need, you know, running to different places that are hours away, you know, trying to get what you need. So, I mean, how often are you producing the pimento cheese? Every week. Okay. So you're, and how do you guys do all your deliveries and stuff? Are you guys all doing them yourselves and driving them to every location? All ourselves. Yep. So I see, I believe it says Chattanooga, which I, is Tennessee. So you're literally driving all the way to the Chattanooga location to deliver the cheese there as well? Yes, we are in the uh, Chattanooga public market, which is almost like a, a huge farmer's market. And um, we do that every Sunday. That's amazing. So, so it's about maybe about two hours away from where we are. So every Sunday we go up there and we sell our pimento cheeses. I mean, so I mean, really, I mean, you guys are really involved in every aspect of your business, which I think is a good thing because you're learning it. So as you grow, if you ever need to hire people to do things, you actually have the experience and knowledge in knowing it, which I think, in my opinion, uh, based on my own experience and, and other food entrepreneurs I work with or we co-pack for or whatever that having that experience to know your business um, is actually a huge blessing. The hardship actually becomes the blessing because you know every aspect of your business and you learn a lot and you are much more efficient with your time because you know, you're trying to figure out how to make money. You're trying to figure out the best way to transport. You're trying to figure out the best way to get to your customers and you sort of learn all the aspects of your business, which I think is, is awesome. So that's my first point. But my second point is sort of, the dedication that you guys have. I mean, really, what motivates you to keep going every day? What motivates us is, of course, you got to pay your bills. You have to be able to pay your bills and to live. Uh, that's a key motivator. But also, a great motivator is 
our customers is their love for our product. So we want to keep maintaining that. We want to keep um, giving customers what they love and what we love to do. Just so I love that you guys actually go all over the place and are so involved in your business because it's just, I think it really, one, gives the audience a perspective that this is really what it's like to start any business and be an entrepreneur. You're, I mean, you're in the trenches right now. You're building your business. You're trying to find the products. You're producing the products. You're out there delivering the products. You're out there meeting with the customers and the people. And you're really getting an idea of what the people like and don't like. And yeah. and you're seeing firsthand how they appreciate it or don't appreciate it or which flavors they prefer over the others and which ones are successful. So I really just love that you guys are doing that. Yeah, and, and we have people um, who uh, my husband's greatest line is, if somebody comes to our booth and they say, oh, I don't like pimento cheese. And he'll say, well, do you eat cheese? And they're like, yeah, we eat cheese. He's like, well, just try it. And then once they try it, my line is, once they try it and they love it, that you've been pimento. <laughs> and that's what we do. We pimento people. We people who do not like who, who say they didn't like pimento cheese. Once they try our pimento cheese, they say, this is the only cheese I'm going to buy. This is the only pimento cheese that I'm going to eat. They've been pimento. They love our pimento cheese. That should be a tagline. You guys need to trademark yeah, that. It is. Because... It is our tagline. <laughs> okay. We have like, this guy, I tell somebody if they come by and they say, oh, oh, this, this is my first time trying pimento cheese. And they'll try it and they'll, and they'll say, oh, I love it. And I'll say, oh, wait one minute. You know what just happened to you? And you're like, what? I'm like, you've been pimento. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you know, this imaginary bell goes off, you know. where people love it, they smile. And I, I think it's amazing. And so I didn't, we didn't really get into it, but, I mean, you do, they're not available now on your website, it says, but you do have vegan options as well for pimento cheeses, which I think is a cool concept as well because there's a lot of people out there that are sensitive to things like that. I mean, is that something that you see people really take interest in, or is that a harder market? That's a harder market. That is a harder market, um, is our vegan line. So our vegan line now um, is something that we probably probably will only be offering via online um, because it is a harder market. Yeah, it's just, um, I, it, it's like so obvious to me and people would want it, but it's got to be like, it's such a niche sometimes. I got to imagine as a producer and producing it, that it would be hard sometimes. Like you have yeah. probably people, he, there's a few people here and there that absolutely love it, but there's not enough of them out there to really make it worthwhile, I guess, yeah. Um, yeah. to produce it every week. So it may be difficult. I don't know. Yeah, it is difficult. Um and I guess because we we uh, we, more, we we probably have to look at more vegan shows to get that product out, but it costs the cost of making vegan cheese is so much higher than than dairy cheese. So we really have to kind of scale back because of the cost. Yeah, I know. I know that in, in my business as well, and we do a lot of food for hospitals and long-term care homes, that the vegan diets in, in general are just sometimes two to three times more expensive than the normal diets just because the products are harder to get. There's mm -hmm. less of them out there. We, they're more labor-intensive for us because we produce less of them. So yeah. you know, just as much labor that goes into 100 plates can go into like 20 plates because it's the same amount of thing and it doesn't seem you're like oh well, 100 plates but it's the based on batch size so if i'm producing 100 gallons of chili for 100 plates i still got to use a 100 gallon kettle to produce 20 gallons to go on the vegan chili plates and so yeah. as an example so it's just one of those things where it can be more labor intensive. It definitely takes more time to source the products. 
um, yes. than I have. And the source of good products. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, a lot of the vegan cheeses are are not that great. Um, and it takes, uh, it takes time to really find something that works for what we like and what we want for our, our customers. Uh, we did find a good cheese. Uh, we use a soy-free, uh, soy-free based mayonnaise that's not dairy, no tree nuts. Um, but it just, um, it's hard. It's hard to, um, I guess, to get it out there for people to want it as much as they want the dairy. Well, and I agree with that. And and one of the things that I, I well, one I want to touch on one topic, which is what you said about sourcing good vegan products, especially in cheeses. And I will tell you, a few years ago, we I came across a vegan cheese in our business, and the second ingredient on the list of this vegan cheese, I am not kidding you, was sawdust. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, wait a second here. Um, no, like I get it. It's vegan and it's wood and you can eat it, but I'm like, it's a little bit odd, but people do things like that and fill things and to make them cheaper or to try to lower the price, which is why this vegan cheese was particularly a little bit cheaper than most vegan cheeses. And, but you got to be careful. And it really is one of those things. If you're producing high quality products, you really got to read the labels and ask from sources you know, even if you're a big operation, to send the the actual nutritional label and label to you before you pr- bring the products in house, because people slide some pretty slick things into food these days. They um, do, and you got to be careful. You really have to be careful what's listed, um, what the listed ingredients are, and we want to bring people the best vegan pimento cheese that we can. Um, using the best vegan cheese that's out there. We've tried a whole bunch, and some of them are, as I said, are not that great. And um, we did find one that was really good. So we're having a little hard time, though, just pushing it and getting it out there for people. I know. I it's And the pimento cheese growing nationally, I think people are getting more understanding of what it is. So, and so just the regular, normal dairy uh, pimento cheese getting out there that's one wave and now the second wave being the vegan style which is how do you get that out there and it's just educating people but it takes a long time I feel like yeah it does take a long time and because when we travel we don't travel with the cheeses when we travel um, we only have the dairy so people don't really get to taste it when we're out because it just costs we, we, we're traveling with six varieties and we have four vegan varieties, so that would be a total of ten varieties of cheeses that we just don't have the capacity to travel with. Yeah, it's a, I'm still amazed, and I still love it that you guys are traveling out there and 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 getting it out there. But just carrying six skews of six different cheeses, I mean, you know, you think about the amount of money you guys put into it and the cost, and then. You have to try to sell it at the events and all of that. I mean, but I have to imagine once someone tries it, most likely they buy it because I'm just, I know what it tastes like and how much I enjoy it myself. So, I mean, is that to happen a lot or is there a lot of people that sort of don't pull the trigger? No, we have a lot of people that will usually, once they try it, they will pull the trigger and buy it. Um, so we don't have that problem. But sometimes you go to events and events might not be fully marketed um, to bring in enough customers. Yeah. So then you're worried about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually one of the things. I guess it's a risk. And that whole, the market thing and, and going to different markets and different events, that it's a, sometimes it's a hit or miss. I know that... We have some some people we work with. They go to events, and sometimes like there's like 120 vendors there, and they didn't promote the event very well, so not many people show up to buy the thing. And they committed to be there for two days, and it's you know they maybe had 20 people stop by their booth, and so yeah. I mean, I don't even know how you go about figuring that out. I mean, is it just trial and error? It is a lot of trial and error, some research, because you, you go and you look at past events that have happened, uh, past festivals that have happened, 
and then you see what uh, their attendance record has been. Um, and a lot of times that's what we base it upon. What is their past attendance been? Is there a recognized event? Is it something that people attend every year? Um, and those are the kinds of things that we look for. And for the most part, we are very successful at our, our festivals, our events, our markets. And, um, I mean, you guys did do the Flavor of Georgia recently as well, which I, I mean, which is a great event, and you were a finalist, which is pretty awesome. And so, I mean, how, I mean, how has that affected your business? I mean, just getting there, and, and what made you choose the products you submitted, number one? So I guess let's sort of tell the little journey that you went on with the Flavor of Georgia. Well, we had, we were at the, um, Chattanooga uh, Public Market and um, a couple of uh, other vendors had been finalists. Well, they were actually, they won in their division for beverage. And they told us about the flavor of Georgia. And they said, well, you guys should think about it. We're like, okay, we've never really thought about entering any of our issues into um, a contest. But we're like, okay, we'll give it a thought. She says, you know, it, the, de- uh, the applications come up in December, I believe, and you can go on, you pay a certain amount of money and enter your product. So it got close to um, the deadline, and I'm like, I was telling my husband, you know, we should enter this. And he's like, okay, let's go for it. So initially we entered our roasted poblano which has a wonderful creamy flavor, and it goes so well with eggs and chicken. I mean, roast poblano, you can put that on anything, and the flavor profile of it, it just goes well. So we're like, okay, well, let's put that one in. So we entered the roasted poblano, and the last day of the deadline, we're like, let's put the Gouda in. Because we really just came out with the Gouda that following that, uh, that September because we debuted the Gouda at the Cheese Festival in Atlanta. And it it was it was crazy. It, people were going crazy over it. But so we said, well, okay, let's enter the Gouda. So they're like, okay, so we entered the Gouda, got the information back that we had to make the deliveries to where we had to drop off the containers. We took them down, dropped them off, um, and then we heard back. We were like, okay, you know, they tell you your your um, your Gouda. Smoke Gouda is now a finalist in the flavor of Georgia. We were amazed. We were excited. We were screaming. It was crazy. We had never experienced anything like that. It was our Smoke Gouda. And then to go to the flavor of Georgia and to see what people are bringing, to talk to other vendors, it was just absolutely amazing. It was absolutely amazing to us, and we had such a wonderful time. I think it's such an amazing event, really. It is. It is. And then to have customers, they'll come up up to you and like, oh, you guys were in the flavor of Georgia. Oh, um, I heard about you guys through the flavor of Georgia. Or, you know, of course, we have it now on our stand that we were finalists. And people are like, really? Wow, I want to try it. And when you go through all of the pimento cheeses, our whole pimento cheese spill, and you say, okay, now what would you like to try? And people are like, oh, I want to try that smoked Gouda. Like, I, I should have figured because people love, love that smoked Gouda. Well, and I really feel like people, um, once you've been in there, I don't know what happens. And uh, we've we talked to a lot of people on this podcast from Flavor of Georgia and from Georgia in general. But there's something that happens that it's almost like, this verification for the consumers that you've been a part of the flavor of Georgia as a finalist and uh-huh. this recognition and a beautiful thing happens. And I really love what the university of Georgia is doing with the flavor of Georgia and what the Georgia community is doing for you guys as business people and Georgia grown, which I know that you have on your website as well. And, and how much that means to you guys as Georgia uh, entrepreneurs, particularly in food. Um, and that's just such a cool thing that's going on there. I mean, number one, the flavor of Georgia is just a cool event because it gives you such recognition. And now it almost gives you, I forget the term I'm trying to look for, but it's like 
um, it validates you in some yes, way with consumers. Does. Yes, it does. And you feel that way. I mean, we feel that way, that being named a finalist, going to that extent, has given our business a sense of validation. You know, like, okay, we are on the right track. We are doing things the right way. Um, we are making a product that consumers love. And we just want to take it to the next level. We, we're ready for next year to enter some uh, another um, one of our cheeses in. So we're excited. No, I, and I definitely encourage you guys to do that. I think the flavor of Georgia, at least the last four years I've been in there, the products have gotten better over the years as people are per progressed and there's some more offerings and Georgia offers the ability to you guys to get out there. And I think it's just such a cool event for people to do and the community. I mean, one of the things we talk about is you, everyone's kind of competing with each other, but it's a healthy competition because they all want to work together to promote Georgia brands and get Georgia brands and businesses and food across the country and the world. And so it's this really cool thing that's going on there. And, um, you know, people talking to each other and giving each other advice and, and the judges that are there, um, myself included, just how involved they are and how much they care about Georgia and Georgia business, I think is just so cool. Yes, it is. It really is. And we, I'm telling you, we had such an amazing time. It was absolutely amazing. And so that being said, as we sort of wrap this up, I mean, I want to give you the floor and, and you can, I just want you to just talk about anything that you want, what it's like to be an entrepreneur or or your business or your passions. But I sort of want to just let you have time to just talk about anything that you want to talk about. (laughs) Well, I just want to tell people just to, um, if you have a dream, follow that dream, you know, Care for that dream. Make that dream a reality because it can happen. It can happen. You can do it. Um, love what you do. Um, because I feel like the Bible says your gifts will make room for you. And if it is your gift, follow it. Do it. Because the world is waiting for it. And the world is waiting for our pimento cheeses. And we just want to get our pimento cheeses out there to every every state, to uh, international countries. We want people to know what you can do with pimento cheeses, how you can use pimento cheeses in your preparation of a meal. I mean, it could be something as easy as just putting it on crackers, making a grilled cheese sandwich, or just using it as a tomato and pimento cheese toast. We had a customer one time at an event, and we were doing a demo of the tomato and pimento cheese toast. And we had it out there, and as they came past, we're like, oh, come on and try some. We've got to, you know, try our demo. We're demoing our pimento cheeses. So the lady grabbed one. was like, okay. So she grabbed it, and then she walked away. It was like, okay. But as she walked away, and she bit into the tomato pimento cheese toast. She stopped in her tracks. She came back, and she was like, what did I just have? You're like, oh, you just had our tomato pimento cheese toast using our creamy roasted poblano pimento cheese. I want one. I want one. And she brought it. And then once you explain to people the things that you can do with it, people are buying two, three, four containers of pimento cheeses. It's just it's just such an awesome journey um, when you're producing something that's so delicious, so good, um, that people love it. And we see that people love it. We just don't want to stop. We just want to keep coming up with more varieties. We want to get out there. We want to take this this business to the next level, to the next level, as many levels as we can, because we know how great it is. And I appreciate you uh, taking so much time and, and again, rescheduling the podcast we had before because I had a little emergency I had to deal with uh, personally and, and through work. So um, I appreciate you guys rescheduling it and taking the time to be on here and just sharing your story with the audience and giving them a little bit of, of your life and, and your background and your business. Well, thank you, Justin. And you told Deborah, I said, thank you, guys. I really appreciate, you know, you reaching out to us to let us tell our story yeah, so and- that we have an avenue and a venue to get out what we love.
You know, I appreciate it. And I would love to have you guys back on the podcast again. So I'd love to reach out to you guys and and record another episode and continue to tell your story and your journey, you know, a few months from now and see how you guys have grown and, you know, how you're entering the Flavor of Georgia contest and anything like that, that we could talk about and really just, you know, go in deeper to what you guys are doing as a business. Okay, that would be awesome. Yeah, so I want to really want to continue your story, and I really also want to really dive into the markets and, and, and that whole experience and your guys' sort of adventures on the road, because I think there's a lot of probably stories there and, and hardships and fun little stories that have happened as you guys have gone on the road, and I think that's probably oh, yeah. a huge part of your business. So I'm making yeah. a note here in my notes to really dive into those adventures and in the markets and stuff, because... There's just so much there, and I think it's such a cool part of your story that I want to tell more of it. So I definitely will reach out and set up another episode to be recorded here over the next couple weeks um, so we can set it up a few months from now and do that again because I think it would be awesome to really hear how this summer goes and in all the markets and things that you guys are getting yourselves involved in. Oh, that would be awesome because I always tell people, I say, one day I want to write a book called Avengers Life, you know? Because you see it from one avenue when you're out there purchasing the product. But for the person to get to where they had to get to, to get that product out there, it's a vendor's life. And it's got a lot of ups and downs, a lot of twists, a lot of turns, a lot of smiles, a lot of sadness. Um, But it's a vendor's journey. Yeah, a lot of frustrations, I'm sure, as well. Just must be so bloody frustrated as I I just... (laughs) <laughs> I, I got to tell you, as an entrepreneur, there's um, I, I've recently had one of those days, and I nor I I've done pretty well with you know understanding my life and whatever. But sometimes ex- there's so many external factors that you just the frustration levels that we have are just unbelievable. And um, mm-hmm. and I guess it's true in any job, but I think as an entrepreneur, we're so passionate about our businesses because we put our heart and soul into them. Yeah. in our lives into them that that frustration can um, scale up pretty quickly, as I will say gently. And um, and it, it's one of those things. So I love the idea of the book, by the way. I think that's just so true because there is this whole life out there in the beginning stages that people don't see. People just see these successful businesses, but they don't really understand what it's like to be in the trenches and doing the businesses and the frustrations and the hardships, which is one of the yeah. reasons we're doing this podcast, because I really want people to see that, you know, that it's really more of a hockey stick um, in success, that it's this flat line of struggle and hardship for many, many years. And then you, everything sort of comes together and you've spread the word enough and you hit this tipping point and then your business sort of climbs. At least that's been my experience, particularly in food and beverage and with people I work with or been mentored by or mentor that, or even Copac for that. There's this sort of this flat line that goes on for many years. And then there's this success boom, but it's the willingness to keep going for those many years. And um, to get to that point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because even for us and I, and I thank God for family uh, and for friends and for support, because it's not easy. Sometimes you have events coming up, and you're like, okay, how am I going to do this? I don't have the finance to be able to purchase all the things that I need. You're like, how can I pay for this next event? How can I, you know, get what I need? And, and, you, and you turn to your family, and thank God you have, we have family that really support us and help us in this journey, and they'll send us money. You know, so that keeps us moving until we get to the level where the business is really able to sustain itself. Yeah, I agree with that also. And I think having a support system as an entrepreneur is just so important, whether it's mentorship or it's other people that are in the business or knowing you're not alone. And then the financial support and the family support, I think, not only in an immediate family because you have to spend so much time doing your business and getting it to grow, but in your surrounding family as well, like believe them believing it and make sure you invest the time in talking to everyone around you as you're 
you know, quote unquote, I'll call them stakeholders because they're everyone sort of that's involved in your business from your customers to your vendors, to your support system, to your family, to whoever that everyone sort of gets your vision of what you're trying to do in your dream and gets to try your products and gets to give feedback and buy into those products because it really, they are the support system that help you grow. And I've seen it a lot of times where so many family members just not being directly involved in the business, but go out and share their experience or get people to try the products or, or the business or talk about it at their workplace so much so that maybe it becomes a work event. And it's just, you know, it's, it's things like that, you know, that are just so crazy, you know, and I've had, we've had people on the podcast and one of the uh, interviews we did, they were in it for about six years, day in and day out. And they had one family member just go to their office and bring it to the person that was in charge of organizing all the office lunches for the company. And next thing you know, like they're in this booming catering business from, you know, just producing a few products to now they're catering with all of their products in there for this, uh, office, um, area and office building, uh, for this huge company, you know, three times to four times a week, depending on the events and just doing really well at it. So, I mean, you never know where an opportunity is going to come from. So it's always just doing the best you can every time you're out there. And I love that you guys are doing that. And I really love your, your display. I love your packaging. I love your logo. I love the name that you guys are doing. And I love your passion and dedication to it. And I love that you guys are doing it together because, you know, you know, Deborah, just the same, you know, she was going to do the podcast with me today. Um, this one in particular, cause she was looking forward to it and loves your products. But all of a sudden we have a thousand work things coming at us and, you know, she's like, okay, well, you got to figure out how to divide and conquer as a couple. And so next thing you know, you're like, okay, like I just, you know, got to accept this and, and move on. And I personally, um, sometimes I'm like, well, you know, I'll get frustrated. I'm like, Hey, we have this podcast. Why, you know, why aren't you joining me? But I've got to be like, okay, in order for us to be successful also means that we can't be together all the time that we have to divide and conquer. And as businesses grow or things like this podcast become more popular, um, it's taking up more of my time, which means I have less time for, the other parts of my life in entrepreneurial ventures and business. And so I rely on her to sort of cover that slack and in ways she relies on me to cover slack when she has things going on. So it's this interesting dance that goes on. That's just so beautiful. And I love that you guys are doing that as well. So it gives me comfort as a person, you know, knowing that I'm not alone in that. No, you're not alone. (laughs) So again, thank you guys so much for taking the time to be on the podcast and, and joining us. And I can't wait to have you guys back on. And I hopefully really hope that I get to see you guys again at the flavor of Georgia. Yes. Yes. We're going to be coming with another variety, Justin. So you look out for it. We got some changes coming up where we're going to put not just one variety. We have a holiday variety coming up. And we also have some other varieties that we're introducing into one of, into our mainstream. So we're excited. I've got a lot of work ahead of me to do it, but um, we're going to make it happen. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, actually. I can't wait to try it. And, you know, I wish you guys luck, seriously, for the future. And, and really um, pray for you guys to do well as a business or any, you know, entrepreneurs that take the time to be on the podcast or, and really give back and have just such a great attitude. I think your attitude is so good for the world and for the people. And I really, something I believe is that entrepreneurs are such giving, caring, kind people just because we really invest ourselves in our businesses and the people around us. So um, thank you guys again for taking the time to be on here and anyone in the audience, like, please share the episode, please share what they're doing. Please try the pimento cheeses, order them online, give it a shot. I guarantee you will not be disappointed. And, um, and anyone who wants to be on the podcast, you can reach out to me at Justin at Justin at the food entrepreneurs.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Justin and the food entrepreneurs. And as we get off, um, would you tell the audience where they can find you guys on social media? 
Um, well, they can find us at uh, Sugar's Fermented Cheeses. Um, our website is also sugarsfood.com. But we are on Twitter, we are on Instagram, and we are on Facebook. And again, thank you, Stacy, so much for taking the time to be on. And um, again, everyone in the audience, thank you for listening in. This is Justin, the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast, and everyone have a great day. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Yeah.